Welcome to Holistic Trauma Healing, a podcast that empowers you to heal trauma in the same way it has affected you as a whole person. I am Lindsay Lockett, your host. I have discovered a profound path to healing trauma that allows us to move out of the role of victim and into the role of empowered and conscious creator of our best possible reality. I offer hope, healing insights, and practical tips as you get to the root of how trauma has affected every part of your existence and how to weave a new web of life that isn't ruled by the past. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Holistic Trauma Healing Podcast. I'm so happy to be spending time today with you doing whatever it is that you're doing. This episode is a really fun one. I think you're going to enjoy it so much. I'm talking about astrology as a trauma healing tool with astrologer Tammy Antoinette. In this episode, we are pretty focused on my personal chart. Tammy did a natal astrology consultation for me, and I was so blown away by the information that she brought forth from that reading that I immediately was like, I have to have you on my podcast. Will you come on my podcast to talk about astrology as a trauma healing tool? And she said, absolutely. And this interview that you're about to listen to is the product of her saying yes, and I'm so grateful she did. So this interview ended up being over an hour and a half long, and to make it more consumable for you, I have divided it into a two-part episode. So this is episode 16, part one. This interview with Tammy is really focused on my personal chart. She talks a lot about what she saw when she did my natal astrology consultation and how she was able to tell me things about myself that no one would have any way of knowing is astonishing to me. And it was literally written in the stars. And I will honestly say that I was skeptical of astrology before I met Tammy. And now I am booking an astrology reading for my husband. <laughs> so it was, it just really changed my mind and it made me uh, change my perspective from thinking that it was like something that was crazy and out there and even more woo-woo than what I get into, which is I'm pretty woo, but this is even more. So if you're into that, you're going to love this episode. If you roll your eyes at the woo stuff, then maybe this episode isn't for you, but I still encourage you to give it a listen. And if you're not interested in what she referenced from my personal chart, I really think you'll be interested in part two, because in part two, we dive into what astrologers like Tammy are seeing for 2021. And so if you're interested in finding out if is 2021 going to be as much of a dumpster fire as 2020, are things going to get easier? Is the internet going to stop imploding on us? Are we still going to be a free society? And all of those crazy questions that a lot of us are asking ourselves now at the end of 2020, then you'll definitely want to catch part two. So let me introduce Tammy to you. Tammy Antoinette is an astrologer and energy healing therapist at thestarqueen.com. She has over a decade of experience in empowering people to have the opportunity to transform a life of fate into one of destiny and fulfillment. 
Her specialties are in the use of ancient astrology to chart the blueprint of your life and to find remedies within this soul blueprint together with moving universal energies, as well as using her experience as a Reiki master to clear and balance any blockages and clear traumas with rapid ease. I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode. It's a super fun one. You're going to find out a lot about me. If you're wanting to know any more personal information about me, we're putting it all out there. It's such a great chat. Without further ado, here is my interview about using astrology as a trauma healing tool with astrologer Tammy Antoinette. Hi, Tammy. Welcome to the Holistic Trauma Healing Podcast. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you for having me, Lindsay. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited about this episode. When I started this podcast, I never imagined that I would have an astrologer on to talk about the relationship between astrology and trauma healing. So this is a whole new subject for me. So I want you to talk to me like I am, which is a person who literally knows nothing about um, astrology. You've done a reading for me, which is was incredibly helpful and insightful, and it was so much fun for me. But I still don't understand how astrology and healing trauma connect together or have a relationship. So do you mind describing that for me? Yes, of course. I'll do my best. Whenever you're born, the alignments of all of the celestial bodies in the sky and how they're communicating with each other has a very significant effect on your personal blueprint for this lifetime. And and it can also show other areas of your life and what plays out in those areas, what your lessons may be in this lifetime, what traumas may happen and where they may come from, and also the blessings that these aspects can give also after you've been through the hard time and you've learned the lessons, what that can bring into your life. And it can also, it, it can show everything from every part of your life from childhood on up through till the end of life even. So you can actually look at somebody's chart, like my chart, and from birth to death of this lifetime, you can see potentially where I might struggle, where I might not struggle, where I might have blessings, where I might have traumas. Like you can see that from looking at someone's chart. Yes. Okay. You're going to have to, you're going to have to tell me how. (laughs) That took me a few years to learn. So (laughs) we can go over some bits and pieces of it today though. Yeah, I would love to. I think maybe consulting an astrologer or consulting a chart of how the stars and planets were aligned when you were born and how that could impact your life for positive or negative going forward I'm not a betting person, but if I was, I would put money on 99.98% of people who have listened to this podcast so far. Like that is probably not a route that they have gone down. So like, why should we go down this route? How does it work? Just tell me everything. (laughs) Okay. So whenever you know yourself first, right? That's most important in this lifetime, as far as many teachers and philosophers have described, and even even the ancient astrologers, whenever you know yourself first, then you and your innate talents, your gifts and your struggles, then that's when that's where the healing begins. So first you and then you can transform and you can heal. What types of things are you saying that we need to know these things about ourselves 
even if we don't know anything about astrology or we know these things about ourselves with the assistance of astrology. So we can know ourselves in many different ways through our experiences. And, but whenever we look at the astrology and whenever you have someone interpret the astrology for you, right? Not everyone needs to be an astrologer, but whenever you can have someone interpret it for you, then it brings a lot of people uh, hope and comfort in who they are authentically. And a lot of people often avoid their own authenticity and they avoid certain things about themselves. But whenever you can see all of these aspects of yourself on a deeper level and that they're there for a reason and that they come together to paint this beautiful picture, then first knowing yourself and loving yourself is that's profound healing just right there. Just taking a deep look inside yourself and being okay with it and in love with it and working with it rather than against. Yeah, for sure. I remember whenever you did my reading and we were chatting on Zoom, how you were able to tell me things about myself that there's no way that you could have known those things. And like, for example, you were able to tell me that I was like communication was a big part of my chart. And at that time, you didn't know that I had a podcast. (laughs) Obviously, a podcast is a big tool of communication. And you were able to see because of where I think it was Saturn and Uranus in my chart, you were able to see that I have some pretty deep father wounds and which is totally true and not something that like you could easily have found out about me from searching on the internet. You were able to tell me that there was so much happening in my fourth house that there was a lot of like mother energy and that me being a mother was a big part of my life and you're totally right about that and that's not something that i talk about online super often is like my role as a mother and how much i love being a mother and also the relationship that i have with my mother so i guess i'm saying all that for people who are still like cocking one eyebrow like this is all nonsense is that I myself doubted the validity, I guess, of astrology until I had my chart read. And I was just so curious to find out if this was even a thing. And then you read my chart and you spent over an hour talking to me about it and telling me these things about myself that there's no way you could have known. And so that actually turned like the skepticism off and turned it on to this wonder and fascination where now I'm like, obviously if you can tell me that I have father wounds which I do then there's got to be massive healing that can come out of that because I had no control over what the stars and planets were doing on the day I was born May 28th at 1 in the morning I had no control over that but yet it's like nothing happened by chance and life was already like you said the blueprint was laid out and and of course that doesn't change the fact that I have free will but I don't know if I'm even making any sense. So like, how is how do you reconcile what's in the stars and the planets and what's gonna happen in somebody's life versus can that change because of that person's choices and free will? Yes, of course. We, as humans, we have the gift of free will for sure. But whenever these planetary energies come into play, for example, we can choose the higher octave or the lower octave of these energies. So, for example, the energies of Pluto 
is translated as the god of the underworld, Hades in Greek mythology. And whenever this planet plays an important role in your chart or in the current energies or upcoming energies, then you can go through a time of, of crisis and it could turn into really low emotional issues like jealousy and being controlling and, and a lot of disempowerment or trying to empower yourself in the wrong ways and addictions and obsessions. So that can take you on a downward spiral. Or if you're uh, mindful of the energies, then it can become uh, transformation and rebirth in your life. It can change part of your life permanently for the better. Okay, in our email exchange, you told me things pertaining to what extent of traumas you can see in astronomical projections or whether it's a childhood or a life theme and how it can be best transmuted or remedied, even traumas that may have been dismissed by the conscious mind or blocked out, whether from childhood or as an ongoing life theme, may not be consciously recognized, but it can still be in effect regardless. And that in the chart, you can see current events of traumatic energies or situations, whether it's a mark of the masculine, the feminine, the father, the mother. So can you describe, and feel free to use my chart if you want to, <laughs> because I don't even know if you have it in front of you, but if you do, can you talk about how you can see like the extent of traumas and astronomical projections, whether it's a childhood thing or a life theme thing, and then how to transmute it or remedy it, even if my conscious mind has blocked it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So whenever I, I will look at your chart, let me go to it right now. For example, there is part of your chart that will show your childhood and then it'll go all the way up through, through your siblings, your home life, your relationships, your marriage, your career, every aspect of life, even through all of the phases of life. And I can also look at what transiting energies are upcoming. And for example, if a planet was invisible in your chart at the day that you were born, uh, and invisible means if it's too close to the sun, for example, and it's being burned out by the sun, those energies may be expressed as more internal rather than external. So for example, they may have more of effect on your subconscious mind and things that may have happened that you're not aware of later in life as when you're a child. There's so many different influences that can come into play whenever we look at this and we ask ourselves this these questions. But as far as remedies go, like right now, I'm looking at your invisible Mars when you're born. Uh, Mars was exactly with the sun in your fourth house, conjunct the star Aldebaran, which means basically there are some energies that are hidden and it may be stifling your will, your drive. And that probably happened in your home life when you're younger and it can affect you now and it can also affect the way you express your sexuality and and even your sex life can you elaborate a little bit more on that 
Well, like, again, you're saying something that you have no way of knowing. And I'm just like wondering, okay, is this like one of those things where you can read the horoscope and it could literally apply to anybody? So it's like one of those generic statements that makes people think, oh my gosh, this is just for me. Or <laughs> is this really just for me? Because yeah, I'm just, I want to see where this goes. This is what I see for you right now. This is what I'm looking at in your chart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not, not everyone has this aspect, of course. So yeah, basically, you does that pertain to you? Is that something that you can relate to? Um, yeah, like before we jumped on this call, I was actually editing an episode that was recorded back at the beginning of November. So it has not gone public. Nobody's listened to it except for me. <laughs> and literally like over half of the episode is about sexual repression in my life and Mm -hmm. what that looks and feels like and what emotions may be trapped in my body as a result of that and like how to move that sexually repressed energy out again. So the fact that I was just editing an episode right before we got on and then you're telling me that Mars is hidden in my fourth house, which could indicate some sexual stuff going on. Again, this is how I know that like, it's not whack it, whack a doodle. <laughs> yeah. So it would be lack of sexual expression. So it would be that repression. Yeah. But it can be transformed. Okay. So for me, the actual trauma that's connected to sexual repression was that I was raised in evangelical Christianity during the 90s and 2000s when there was this big movement through the evangelical church of we now call it purity culture but it was like the saving yourself until marriage and a girl's virginity was like esteemed above all else and she was supposed to be under the submission of her father before marriage and then after marriage that authority was transferred to her husband so then she was under the authority of her husband And I was taught that I wasn't taught anything about my own body or about the mechanics of sex or about birth control or like anything like that. But I was told over and over, your husband's number one need is sex. And if you don't meet it, he's going to find it somewhere else. (laughs) But then it was like, but before you're married, don't think about sex. Don't talk about sex. Definitely don't have sex. Be careful in mixed company. Don't be around unbelievers because they're going to lead you astray. So that was like my whole childhood growing up. And then I got married. And I think what I thought was that when I got married, like the switch would magically flip in my brain. And then I would just be like, okay, I saved myself until married. Because I did. I like, I was a virgin on my wedding night. Like I did everything that they told me to do. And believed it, signed the, the purity pledges, wore the purity ring, the whole nine yards. And I got to the altar on my wedding day and I was a virgin. And I guess I thought that if I did everything the church told me to do, that I would suddenly be like, I don't know, a sex goddess in the bedroom or something. And here I am with my husband. We've been married 18 years and it is still a struggle for me. It's my brain still has not made that switch has not flipped off. This is okay now. This is fine. This is healthy. This is... I still struggle with it. So interesting that you point out that Mars is where it is in my chart and that can indicate like low sexual energy or sexual repression. Do you want to say anything else about that? Is there like more that you can disclose? 
that is a lesson for this lifetime. You do have that, but it can be developed by doing some reprogramming in the mind around your beliefs. So with Pluto and Saturn up there in your ninth house of beliefs and which was put on by governing structures, by the patriarch. And that's what needs to be transformed right there. Are your, are, are, is your belief system. And you have been doing that for some time. However, there is still some reprogramming that could be done. Just does to, um, does just the chart indicate what that reprogramming might be? Because my beliefs are definitely... I guess my beliefs about Christianity are definitely just different. Like I've definitely deconstructed all of that and feel very differently about that. I even posted on Instagram yesterday, like evangelical Christianity is a sex cult. <laughs> like I posted that yesterday because of how they try to control their sex lives. And it is, it's very patriarchal. It's very misogynistic and it's, controlling and manipulative, especially with women. So you're absolutely right. I was not aware that like Pluto and Saturn could indicate that in my ninth house because the ninth house is the house of beliefs. Because as I said, during our uh, chat together, when you were doing my reading, I literally know nothing about astrology. So there's definitely no way that I could know that this going on in my ninth house can translate into the fourth house where Mars is hidden. And I have this like sexual repression and, and that, connects to needing to transform beliefs that are across the sky. The, yeah, there are beliefs that, we, that were put on and instilled within you from these strict structures and the strict government of the church that you were raised in. But to remedy it, we would go into, there's a beautiful aspect with the moon on your midheaven, and that's your mother, and that's the matriarch and the divine feminine. So right there, being from the church and from the patriarch, where's Mary Magdalene to you? It's been documented all through history that she was his wife. Yeah. Yeah. So, so where is she and where's your relationship to her? That, that's a great question. I, other than I have one deck that it's a light keeper's deck and she is in that deck. And I have drawn her a few times and have contemplated on what that meant. That is the extent of my relationship to Mary Magdalene. I did not know that I needed a relationship with her. <laughs> because you're raised in this relationship with Christ, with Jesus. Mm -hmm. But to balance that, you would need his counterpart. So that's one way that would be really helpful. And there's a book, there's a really good book called, oh gosh, what's the name of it? The Magdalene Manuscript. I would highly recommend for you and anyone who has this aspect in, in their life to, to get that book and read it. And there are some practices in it and that can help to reprogram. Okay. Are you speaking specifically about the sexual repression because of belief systems? Yeah. Okay. And to remedy it with a divine feminine. Absolutely. To br bring that into your life more and embody that more. Okay, so let's let's shift the focus off of my sexual repression because that is actually something I've talked about on the podcast before. So people might be like, "Why aren't you talked about this already?" Let's talk about something else. So <laughs> let's look at my chart in like I don't know something totally the opposite of like sexual repression. Let's I'll just pick something out of my head here, like my career. 
for example. Your career. Yeah. yeah. What is what is this what potential downfalls or traumas or whatever are there? And then if so, what remedies exist? Yeah. So as far as your career goes, your career is to help remedy, you know, these crisis situations that you've had in your life and to deconstruct those destructive programs. And so with the moon on your midheaven and on your south node conjunct the star Shala and with Neptune, you've got so much activity as far as your career goes that there's so many energies there that there's nothing's going to stop you. You're going to be really motivated by your career and that's going to be a high priority for you in this life and even to help to pour God's wisdom onto this planet and rebalance what's not working as far as, let's see, in your, you're always going to be in communications. That's really strong for you. And you're always going to be most comfortable being on a public platform, on a stage of some sort, and really to help heal what has poisoned the world. Oh, that almost, I mean, that almost makes me tear up a little bit because I don't know, <clears throat> it's coming out of that evangelical background. There was so much emphasis placed on my role as a woman was to be a wife and a mother. And I wasn't encouraged really to have a career. I was encouraged that my purpose was at home. My purpose was to be a keeper of the home, the Proverbs 31 woman who's ever a servant. <clears throat> and always honoring my husband and raising my children in the way that they should go. I had really big dreams whenever I was a little girl. It wasn't to have a podcast, interestingly, and I think that this is because of some past life work that I've done. But when I was eight years old, I had a very strong desire to be the type of doctor who delivered babies. And like I learned that was called an obstetrician gynecologist. And so when I was eight years old, people would ask me, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I would say, I want to be an obstetrician gynecologist as eight, as an eight year old. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and it was so weird how I was so fascinated and focused on, I really wanted to help women and deliver babies. And when I was in eighth grade, my mom arranged for me to actually shadow her OBGYN. And I went to work with him for a day. I watched him do a surgery where he removed a cervical cyst from a woman and I saw the whole thing. And it was like even more, I wanted to be an obstetrician gynecologist. And I've always been fascinated by women's health and babies. And then whenever I got into high school, that desire fizzled away because I had all these years of being taught that my purpose was to be a wife and a mother. And, and so anyway, I'm not an obstetrician gynecologist now, obviously, <laughs> um, <laughs> but even after I really compartmentalized that part of myself and I, I had very conventional births with my kids and didn't question anything the doctors told me to do. And then whenever I was like in my late twenties, that desire and fascination with birth and pregnancy came back. To the point that like, even though we had decided we didn't want any more kids, I suddenly, it was like my uterus woke up again and like I wanted another baby so badly. And I watched all these documentaries on natural childbirth and 
birth empowerment and like natural pregnancy and I wanted to have the opportunity for myself and then I was like I'll, I'll become a midwife I want to be a midwife now I don't want to be an obstetrician gynecologist I want to be a midwife and that was discouraged because my kids were still really little and so I tucked it away again and then as an adult just like four years ago one of my best friends had an at-home water birth and she invited me to be there and I was just like blown away that she would allow me to be part of that experience. But it was really healing for me because it was like, that is what my desire from the very early childhood was to be part of an experience like that. And then I got to be part of that experience, but I'm not really sure how that connects with my career. Cause like, I don't want to really be a midwife anymore, but I do think in a past life, I think I was a midwife. And I think that I like, assisted women through the pregnancy and birthing process. And I had a very vivid dream whenever I was 16 years old. I can still say the dream like as vivid as it was if I had it last night. I had this dream two nights in a row. I woke up at the same time both mornings. And in the dream, I was delivering a baby for a woman who was in prison. And I was in prison there too. And so I, there's always been this connection to delivering babies. I just don't know if it has anything to do with my career. Cause obviously you're saying that my chart is showing that my career is like in communications and like helping to heal the world and dismantle and deconstruct these like systems of damage and everything in our world, which I'm super like honored. That's what the heavens have chosen for me to do. So how does somebody reconcile like maybe the desire that they had when they were a little child with this is what I want to be when I grow up, but then they actually grow up and they become something totally different, but they're really happy with what they grew up and became. Like, does that question even make sense? <laughs> yeah, totally. You could have gone in that direction and you did in a way. Your midheaven, your career is in the area of Scorpio, which is rebirthing, transformation, death and rebirth. And with your moon there, that is in helping women to transform, it's to, to transform women's crisis and women's troubles. Wow. And to birth something new in the lives of women. So, so whether I did that as a midwife or whether I do that through a podcast, like either way, what yeah. is decided for me or what the heavens aligned or I don't even know. I don't even know the word to use to describe it. That's how ignorant I am, but I'm doing it either way. So I guess that's where the, is that where the free will comes in? Like I had a choice in this? Of course. Yeah. There's always a choice whether you're, but, but you've got Neptune there too, which is the planet of, of dreams and of just your dream world, what you may have dreamed up when you were a child. So that can come into play too. So it, it could make what you want to do a little foggy, right? So when you're a child, it looks like physically like helping in birth, but here it's more energetically helping in birth. It's not the physical. Neptune is not physical. Neptune yeah. is totally energetic. It's helping to transform the subconscious mind rather than the physical world. So if you don't mind, can we shift over in my chart? I want to shift to the, the father wound part of my chart. I know you've already explained it to me in our session together, but can you explain that to people listening? Because 
I'm 99.98% sure that everybody listening probably has some sort of like daddy issues. <laughs> so um, yes. that causes a lot of trauma for people and it can be very difficult to heal from. So I'd love to talk about that from the perspective of the stars and the planets and then like indications for healing father wounds. Okay. So yes. So you've got Pluto conjunct Saturn and <clears throat> in your ninth house of beliefs and governance, and it's really close to the eighth house of sexuality too. So what that means is that Saturn, which represents an actual physical father figure or an older person who can be restricting or even a teacher. So in this case, this would be your father. Whenever Saturn's in the chart, it always represents, especially in the ninth house, a very restrictive father one who had a lot of influence over you and and it can also represent the patriarch mm -hmm. in general mm -hmm. but those things go together and then with pluto there exactly with saturn they basically these energies become one thing so basically your father figure could have literally been like the god of the underworld very controlling and um, manipulative and obsessive and narcissistic Yes, absolutely. So the dark side of the masculine. Yeah. All the things that we don't want. Yeah. Okay. And again, you don't know that about me. You don't know that I was raised by an abusive, narcissistic, manipulative, controlling stepfather. Like you don't know that. So it's interesting that even though it wasn't my biological father, it actually ended up being a stepfather, but he was the primary father figure especially in my physical life. And so are there ways that the charts give to help heal that wound? Yes. So remedying and transforming the relationship to your real father, whether he is in your life or not, can have a strong influence over helping with that. That's one way to do it. You, you could go through some meditations even to, to reprogram your mind as far as what happened in your childhood and who your father figure was and how he was, especially this would be maybe even better for you than some other people who may have had this problem with their real father. Either way, it can work, but just going back and imagining when you're a little baby and first born and even when you're a young child, picturing, imagining yourself with your biological father and your biological mother, even if you don't know one of them, even if you never knew one of them, going back and imagining this and taking yourself through this picture of how they loved each other so much you can picture them just worshiping each other, your father telling your mother that she's the goddess and he'd do anything for her and, and here, my beautiful goddess, here's anything you desire, let me know, I'll provide it for you. You and our beautiful daughter, Lindsay, let me know, like whatever it is, like how much money do you need? Go shopping and <laughs> and take our daughter and buy beautiful things for yourselves because you deserve it. You're the queen and there's plenty more where this came from. And just, and the other way around with your mother worshiping your father as if he were God, just the same. 
so in so I don't know if, if this kind of relationship really exists on the planet, but if we can change this in our mind to such an extreme where, where it's like beyond our wildest imagination, like how could it be more perfect? And even, even to help with the sexual repression, you could even imagine your biological mother and father and how they even just like reveled in each other sensually and, and really just paint this beautiful picture in your mind. And if you can do this for 10 minutes every morning for three to four weeks, you can change everything because that's where the core issues come from right there. Wow. And to be clear, what you're describing is for me in my particular chart, and like may not necessarily be true for somebody else and their particular chart. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So this could be true for a lot of people, but for you in particular, that would be a, a really great remedy. Cool. Awesome. Okay. So another thing that you said is, and this was in our email exchange, you said you wouldn't have your specific life mission if you did not experience the traumas that you have. Because of those experiences, you're able to assist others to transcend their own traumas. So can you talk about, and you can use my chart, your chart, you can talk about a stranger, I don't care. I just don't know how, because I don't have the vocabulary to agree with you in terms of how the stars and planets look, because I'm, I'm not an astrologer and I don't know how to read that. But I do believe that I was put on this planet to heal trauma and help other people do the same. But I've only recently come to this realization of what I was put on this planet to do. And before I started this podcast, I was a food blogger and I was developing recipes and taking pretty pictures of food. And yes, it paid my bills and yes, it was fun and it was creative and it was great. Like I got to a place about a year and a half ago where I really was questioning, is this really what I was put on the planet to do? And like, ultimately deep down, I knew, no, this is not what I was put on the planet to do. I was put on this planet to do something else. And then over the course of like my own healing and study and meditation, it was like, I was put on this planet to heal trauma and help other people do the same. And so then this podcast was born and the rest is history, a very short <laughs> history. But so whether it's my charter or just in general, could you talk about how our specific life missions relate to the traumas that we've experienced and that because of these experiences, we can assist others in transcending their own traumas. Yeah. So whenever it comes to trauma and crisis in particular, that is of the nature that's of the dominion of Pluto. And Pluto is also how we would help others through their own psychology, through their own crisis. And when you have Saturn there, so I said Saturn is literally the father figure, but Saturn is also your life lessons and what you have learned most in this lifetime and what you can do when you're older. So Saturn is the god of old age, the god of time also, and of karma. So wherever your karma is, Saturn you can help to remedy your own karma by helping other people with theirs, which would be the trauma and crisis. And that's really the best and the highest way to remedy our own challenges is to assist others with theirs. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. So if we're looking at my chart in particular, are you able to see, like you said Saturn was the planet of old age. I don't know if this gets into fortune telling or not. I have no idea. Are you able to see from a person's chart what they could be like in their old age or what they might experience? And is it more of a like a general tone of this is how you could be or are you able to be specific? How does that work? It's both. You can, we can get really specific and let's get really specific. If you can. <laughs> my ultimate goal with this is I want people to know that this is a real thing. And with the holistic trauma healing podcast, my hope is to help people build a trauma healing toolbox. And just as with a real toolbox, sometimes you need a hammer and sometimes you need a screwdriver. We need to build a trauma healing toolbox because sometimes we might need therapy and sometimes we need to move our bodies and dance. And sometimes we need to talk to an astrologer, <laughs> you know, yeah. and like, you don't often need like a, okay, this is going to tell you how much I don't know about tools, but I'm <laughs> guessing you don't often need like a, a three eighths inch Allen wrench. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's really specific and for a very particular job. So you might not always need astrology, but mm -hmm. If you have the tool in your toolbox, to me, if I can have a conversation with you and you're like, Mars was hidden when you were born behind the sun, and that can explain some of the sexual repression that you've been dealing with. And here's this thing about Mary Magdalene that you can use that might help you. Like, that's huge. And that's a really specific tool that people can have in their toolbox. So I would love for you to get, I don't care how specific you get with my chart. <laughs> I have nothing to hide for people. Like I, I could publish it on the internet and it wouldn't matter to me. I'm not looking to keep like privacy or anything. So mm -hmm. what other things like about Saturn or, or anything else, I would love for you to follow your intuition here and tell people like what these things mean and why this is a good tool for them to have in their toolbox even if it's not something that they've really ever heard of or like something that they may not even use super often, but like it's there and here's why it's important. Just whatever your intuition like leads you to say. Yeah. So basically what's happening in the sky, most people know what's happening in politics. We know what's happening in Hollywood, but we don't know what's happening in our, our own sky in the same stars with the same names who have been here forever since the first human walked the earth at least okay friends i'm sorry to leave you with such a cliffhanger i know you were wanting to know what else tammy had to say but we're saving that for part two which is going to publish in just a couple of days also Tammy has decided to do a special thing for the listeners of the Holistic Trauma Healing Podcast. If you book a natal astrology consultation with Tammy before January 15th and use the discount code HEALING2020, you will save $60 on that consultation. So that's the consultation that I had with Tammy where she spent an hour and a half with me. She read my chart. She told me all these things about myself that there's no way anyone could have known because they're not on the internet and just blew my mind and really made me a believer in astrology and especially astrology as a tool in your trauma healing toolbox. So that natal astrology consultation is normally 160, but you can save $60 if you book it before January 15th, 2021 
and use the code HEALING2020 at checkout. In a couple of days, I'm going to be publishing part two of this episode. And in part two, Tammy and I are digging into astrology from more of a global or collective perspective. And if you have burning questions for what's going to be happening on the global stage in 2021, she is revealing some stuff. So it's going to be such a great and helpful episode, I think, and so fun because it's so outside the box of what we normally talk about with trauma healing. Who knew astrology as a trauma healing tool in your toolbox? So stay tuned for part two of episode 16. You can find Tammy on her website, thestarqueen.com. Everything else that we talked about in this episode will be listed in the show notes at lindsaylockett.com forward slash podcast. And this is episode 16, part one. And as always, I'm on Instagram. Follow me at I am Lindsay Lockett.